around the we world. Uh, uh, to the beach, y'all. Let's go. All around the world. Y'all know this is so, so dead. What's up, everybody? And basketball is back. I'm Andrew George, joined by Mike Smith, and we are going to bring you the return of the NBA. Specifically... Oops. Hoops, <laughs> look at that. I'm excited. Um, yeah, so kind of we're going to, since obviously the regular season, we did our regular season preview, um, I believe it was episode. Quite a while ago. Yeah, episode three of like season one. So um, we're going to kind of pick up where the NBA left off, um, talking everything from the scrimmages that have started um, earlier this week to postseason awards and all the above. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of hop right into it. So... Mike, do you want to? Uh, you want me to take the lead? Just, just start with this. Yeah, that works. If you don't mind, first of all, I'm wearing my Ben Simmons jersey, which is a preview of my predictions to come. Also, I'd like to shout out: we're recording on Saturday, July 25th. Here, the WNBA has officially tipped off now too. With yes, the sir. Seattle Storm versus the New York Liberty. Of course, Sabrina Inescu, who had one of the greatest college careers, men or women, an average, I believe, a triple double last year, if I'm not mistaken was yep. drafted number one overall by the New York Liberty, so it will be exciting to see how her career pro- uh, progresses. But, yeah, both men's and women's hoops, we are finally back. Yes, dude, Sabrina, oh, wow, she is, she's special, man. She's got that Mamba, Mamba mentality, obviously that connection to Kobe that we learn more about after his passing. So mm-hmm. to see her develop over the next uh, couple of years is going to be really special. So, um, okay, so I'll, I'll lay out kind of how I got some stuff going. So I've got – um, about four teams in the East I'm going to break down and four teams in the West that I believe have a legit shot of really making some noise. And the reason I did this is because this year we knew going into it that with Kawhi going to LA with Durant leaving and everything going on, like we knew that this year was going to be the most competitive it's been and arguably the last God, six, seven years. Um, so I would argue over the last like decade, if I'm being honest, just because of how much talent is across the league. But so I'm going to break down these teams. So I'll start with the East. First one is obvious Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Storyline is can Giannis take that next step? Um, Came close last year, but obviously Kawhi and Toronto did something special out there. So um, they're one of the few teams in Milwaukee that really has a long line of team chemistry. If you really think about it, because we've got obviously with the storylines with Kawhi in LA and LeBron and AD and, even like uh, Miami, Jimmy Butler, Houston, Westbrook, Harden. I mean, these are they're stacked with talent. But in terms of yeah, Giannis and Middleton and Bledsoe and the Lopez brothers, now like these guys have been together for a while, so they got that team chemistry going for them. Uh, as I mentioned, the deep roster, great length across um, really all five positions, and great athleticism. Uh, but I can't really see them taking out any of the LA teams, if I'm being honest. In terms of, well, I'll get to that later. But nope. Yeah, definitely can't see that. Um, okay, so now up next, Boston. So this is Boston's really an interesting case, especially towards right before like quarantine really hit and the season was canceled. So the emergence of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown is something I want to talk about. Um, specifically, future MVP Jason Tatum, uh, and I wholeheartedly believe he will be an MVP sooner than later. Um, Average thirty and a half in February, virtually unstoppable. Um, I like to think of him in terms of the way he physically moves and his mo his kind of just his game his in game motions is kind of Paul George esque, 
which is ironic because he actually grew up kind of modeling his game after Paul George. And he's got that kind of on the lesser scale, that Kobe mental approach, which I think you'll, you've seen in terms of his development over the last couple of years. Um, a healthy Kemba at the one could be interesting. He's, he was battling some injuries towards the uh, kind of end of February, early March. And then that small ball squad too. We'd like to talk about Houston small ball, but how about Boston too? I mean, six, eight, Adam, Th- uh, not, uh, yeah, yeah, Thice uh, filling Al Horford's shoes, and um, I don't know. I think that'll be interesting to watch too. Uh, we got um, and feel free, Mike, if you want to hop in, cut me off uh, before I start ranting. So, um, uh, <laughs> you're good, and then, you're good. all right, and then up next, uh, Miami. So, mm-hmm. I was actually really high on Miami preseason. Uh, I love Jimmy Butler's intensity. Uh, contrary to popular belief with people calling him like a bad teammate. I just think in Minnesotans, I don't think those guys could kind of match what he, in terms of his expectations and what he's bringing to the table. I mean, we all know the, he beat the uh, first team with the third stringers in practice, stuff like that. Um, just, just like a couple of weeks ago, I thought it was the funniest thing was he got a complaint because he was at like three in the morning or something was in full practice gear, um, dribbling in his hotel room. <laughs> which is like it's before the courts opened up in the bubble. So I thought that was kind of cool. So I, uh, I just okay. want to jump in with the heat too, if you don't mind real quick. No, um, I love Jimmy Butler with the heat too. And it's funny because I actually wasn't a huge fan of his when he left the Bulls and then Minnesota and then a little bit with the 76ers. But he is a perfect fit for the heat. And I love the way his teammates respond to it. I think the NBA needs guys like him who, frankly, don't give a shit about what people think of him. Um, and I, I love his mentality because I remember he spoke one time with Leach Report about where he gets his edgy, um, edginess, I guess, if you will, for lack of a better way of putting it. But he said when he was a rookie and he came up to practices with, like, Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah calling each other MFers and cussing at each other the whole time during practice, like, that's where he developed it. And to me, like, Jimmy Butler's not a fake tough guy. Like, he is legit. And I oh, think yeah. putting him in Miami with the guys surrounded around him, I don't think he could have picked a better place. And I actually think the 76ers really could have used him a lot, having re-signed him. Um, I would have obviously taken him over Al Horford as far as who they would have signed. But um, I think he was great with them, too. He's clutch, too. Just another yeah. point. but. I, I just I, want to give Jimmy Butler some love. <laughs> no, for sure. I think he's someone that's developed like crazy, um, especially from his time as really kind of that kind of him and Paul George kind of have similar paths, those defensive studs to really evolve in offensively. And I also want to correct myself uh, earlier. I don't know why I called him um, Adam Tice. It's Daniel Tice. Yeah, Daniel. <laughs> yeah I don't know why. I, got, I don't know. A little brain, brain freeze right there. But um. No, and then kind of back to Miami, uh, their young core of guys is some something that really obviously been like a huge storyline with Bam at a bio, obviously um, front runner for most improved player. Tyler Hero, huge fan of his, uh, Kentucky. Duncan Robinson, too. People think he's – I don't know why people think he's a rookie. This is his second year in the league. I mean, his minutes went up by like 20 a game, like 20 minutes a game. So uh, Kendrick Nunn, too, out of Oakland, um, good surprise there. But um, and then their veteran presence too is something that this was closer to the back end of the season. Getting Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and Goran Dragic too. Those are three. Well, they've had Goran obviously, but getting Iggy and uh, Jay Crowder still product. Like those are three guys that are still 
can be productive with that leadership, especially Iggy. He comes over from Golden State and his finals experience and just postseason experience. Finals MVP. Yeah, dude, he's uh, he's a huge, huge, huge anchor for them. I feel like uh, he he may not be obviously obviously he's not who he was in Golden State, but um, he's still someone that I think will just serve as a great person to have around the team. Uh, and then my last team in the East, I want to highlight. You mentioned them at the beginning of the show. Are the Philadelphia 76ers. I'll hop in on this one. Too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, this year, we'll, I know we talk about this all the time. This year will determine the future of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. I firmly believe that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the biggest storyline with those two guys is, barring any injuries and scrimmages or practice leading up to uh, next week with the start of, uh, yeah, when they resume. This could be the first year both stars start the postseason completely healthy. I mean, think about that. Like, those are two guys that have battled more, more so MB than Simmons, but those are guys that have really battled injuries a lot. So if they start, they started healthy. I mean, they were one Kawhi shot away last year from forcing that game seven. So, um, and who knows what would have happened with that? Yeah, um, I like you, like you highlighted before. I think this is the year that will determine if Simmons and Embiid stick together, if they're traded, which, and I I have been critical of the way that they play together because I don't think they're necessarily a perfect fit. But I will say this, the NBA more so than any other professional sports league, in my opinion, is one that is predicated on experience and one that takes a lot of time from developing your team from shambles to greatness. I mean, we saw with Jordan how many years it took him not even to make the finals, but just to win a playoff series and that sort of thing. So I do think Wall deserved the criticism maybe a bit too harsh and a bit too impatient, um, but I guess that's a world we live in with impatience. Also, yeah. what's interesting to me is, to me, okay, so if they don't make the Eastern Conference Finals, I think they're split up. If they don't make the Eastern Conference Finals, I think Brett Brown is fired. Like, I think that's the standard. They have to at least make it there. What I find interesting, too, and I know we'll get into our playoff predictions and stuff like that later, I have the Sixers leapfrogging the Pacers in the standings, which will ultimately lead to different playoff matchups. And Just keep an eye on that, folks. Something I want to dive into, though, Andrew, before you get to your teams in the West. Um, if the Bucks don't make it to the finals, and I know he still has one more year left, do you think there is pressure on Giannis to leave Milwaukee? Um... Are you saying if, if they don't make it to the finals this year? or are we Correct, waiting? and I know he'll still have another year, and I don't see him being someone that would force a trade, but I think people start getting into your ear if that's the case. I think that's a conversation to have next year, if I'm being honest. Um, I mean, he, and we'll get into the award conversations, he has been just unreal. I mean, statistically, too, in terms of what he's been able to do, and I mentioned earlier um, that long line of team chemistry that they've had. I mean, him and Middleton have been together for God knows how long. And, I mean, solid coaching staff. And I don't know. I Yeah, because they came so – last year, I mean, they ran into Kawhi, though, um, in that Raptors squad that obviously won it. But I think uh, – for me, I think more so next year if they don't make it. Because, I mean, they're not – I'll just say right now, they're not my pick to come out of the East um, this year. Nor are they mine. Yeah, which which is we both have those are definitely unpopular opinions, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I feel like that's more of a conversation uh, for next year to see what they do. 
Yeah, I, I just think it's going to be something that's interesting to follow over in the next couple of years because Milwaukee's not going to draw free agents. I think that's fair to say. And I think what we will see is how good of a number two is Chris Middleton. Yeah, I mean, that's – is he – I mean, he's someone that's definitely developed from his G League years um, to now. And I don't know. I mean, he's a great two-way player too, but is can he be your number two? Well, now with a number one like Giannis, who is such a legit just dominant player, I mean, maybe Middleton can be that number two. Um, but if you're going up against like a LeBron AD one-two, I mean, no one's taking Giannis and Middleton over LeBron AD or Kawhi Paul George. I mean, that's just not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. That'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with him too. But um, I had a couple little, th- couple other things I want to mention with the Sixers too. Was uh, I think it's interesting to see with no fans, obviously in the bubble, uh, the neutral playing site I think is going to play to their advantage. They had the best home record in the NBA. And the worst road by record. far, yeah, and the worst road record in the regular season. So, I mean, whether that be psychologically just playing in front of other teams' fans or just kind of getting out of the rhythm, we'll see what that. But I mean, this is going to be just like you're going to you're going to the rack or something. You're just you're playing. There's no fans. It's just you and your team going out, like going head to head. So that'll be interesting. And then really, really want to talk about Ben Simmons. I mean, shout out! You're wearing your Ben Simmons jersey. I love it. Uh, the revolutionized Ben Simmons. I mean, his move to power forward in today's NBA, I feel like, suits his versatility on both offense and defense. Um, first look at scrimmages, too. This is just – just just gets me really happy because I, I love Ben Simmons. I, I don't like all the Ben Simmons hate that will come with uh, – like, yeah, some of the memes are funny about him not shooting jumpers, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. I think you look at the scrimmages. I mean, him and Brett Brown saying it and Bede saying it. He's not hesitating right now with jumpers. And you you watch the tape. Um, I mean, we'll see once we get going in the actual restart next week. But so far, I mean, his his stroke's not broken. Uh, it's it's completely mental. And he's he saw like sports psychologist all this thing. So if he can really get that jumper going, if he gains consistency in a jump shot, the league is going to explode. I mean. He is elite. I I would argue he's elite in everything except for shooting. He's a I mean he's a crazy he's a crazy athlete, great ball handler. I mean his vision is second to none. Great defender. Literally the only thing is he just doesn't shoot. And Good he, trash talker too. I just would like to throw that out there. Oh god, yeah. I forgot what did he say? It's one of my favorite uh he was talking to I think Yusuf Nurkic or something. Uh what was it? He was something like do you remember what it was? I, I say it all the time when we play pickup. I don't remember the exact thing, but oh, it's basically oh, I remember. funny you talk trash because you're ass. No, he goes, I remember he looks at uh, looks at him, he's at, he's at the line or something, and he goes, you talk a lot of shit for being ass. So, sorry, yeah. uh, it's uncensored off the wall right now, but it's Ben Simmons, not us. <laughs> we can put the E by it. As long as, uh, I like the whole John Mulaney philosophy, as long as you say what someone else said and it's you're fine. swearing, it doesn't make you bad or mean that you swore. Oh, of course not. Oh, yeah. Don Mulaney can do no wrong. That's a fact. <laughs> but no, anything else you want to add to the East? Um, I'll get into my because we'll get into our Eastern Conference Finals predictions here at yeah. another point. But I'll wait till we get there to get to that. All right, sweet. Okay, so I'm gonna hop into the West now. Um, same thing as before, just four teams I really want to break down. So with the Lakers, I mean, we're in the stages of LeBron's legacy right now. Um, some sneaky good signings of Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith that. 
um, may seem like trades you would make in 2K. Just like if as you're long as Dion's edible. not, you know, eating any edibles. Edibles. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know if Dion was uh, in the right place and uh, with the the strict strictness of Jimmy Butler and the that intensity. I think he maybe coped with it in a different way than other people. <laughs> Him and um, Jr. might have a good time. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Jr. Jr. always performs no matter what, except for the one timeout thing. But that's fine. Uh, yeah. We don't want to talk about that. And so, so they are. Kobe actually said this um, in an interview before he passed. Was um talking about this new Lakers team. He said they're the biggest team physically in the NBA with LeBron at the one. If you think about that, I mean that. When you look at, say, Milwaukee, I mean, obviously Milwaukee's the favorite, and you look at their, the length they have with Giannis, the Lopez brothers, even Middleton, even the athleticism with Eric Bledsoe at the one, uh, L.A. matches up great with anybody. I mean, you got shooters, and this is a little bit of a preview of who I'm going to pick in my postseason, but, uh, I mean, you got great shooters on the outside. Uh, surrounding Braun with that is huge. It's going to clear up the lanes for both him, Anthony Davis, and Kyle Kuzma. Which will and Dwight Howard. And Dwight, big Dwight, dude. Don't sleep on Dwight. Um, yeah, his athleticism is still there, which is kind of hard to believe. But, hey, go Dwight. Um, and it's just going to open up options on offense for the best player in the world, obviously LeBron, to go to work. Um, so, yeah, that's the one team out in L.A. And the other team out in L.A. with the Clippers, who we knew was the deepest team in the league um, when they're healthy, which is the key phrase. I mean, the top to bottom are stacked on both sides of the ball. Um, Paul George playing was playing his best basketball as of late because he was finally healthy after missing time, like kind of here and there with little like nitty gritty injuries. But now he's now he's the healthiest he's been all year, um, and he is scary good. I would argue he's on pretty that's an underrated talent in general. Um, the huge move I think was grabbing Marcus Morris stands out above anything for me was. He's really been living out his second half of his career, I would argue, in Boston and New York. More importantly, he's another guy that you can throw at LeBron on defense, which no other team in the league can say they have. You, I mean, if you can have Kawhi, Paul, Kawhi and Paul George, who are elite, elite defenders, um, and then you've got Marcus Morris, who was the primary defender on LeBron when we when Cleveland went up against Boston a couple of those years. So if you could throw, if you could have Marcus Morris as the third defender to throw out on LeBron, I mean that, barring health, obviously that is just huge. Um, you want you got anything to say about the LA teams, Mike? Well, so <laughs> I'll get into my prediction. Okay, I won't get into the depths of it right now, but I do think they're going to meet in the Western Conference Finals. And prior to everything being shut down, you know, due to COVID. I thought this had the potential to be one of the best, if not the best, conference finals in NBA history because, and you don't have the allure of it being an all LA finals in the bubble because that doesn't really matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think, as far as the game, and obviously nothing replaces, you know, a crowd being there and the momentum that comes with that, it being in LA at Staples Center. Purely the games themselves, I mean, I can see this being a series where it's literally seven games that are all close. And I I think it will be a seven-game series, and I'll get more in-depth with that as we get there. But uh, no, I mean, it's clear to me that these are the two best teams, not just in the West, but in basketball. And the Lakers, to me, are a team with LeBron and AD. And I don't think they're a bad team surrounding him, but I feel like he it's a similar effect he has with the Cavs. 
I don't think the Lakers are the most stable organization and LeBron kind of makes them look like they run better than they actually do. Whereas I think the Clippers are the complete opposite where you have Steve Ballmer, who's one of the best owners in basketball. You have Jerry West and that front office that uh, combines both new school and old school thinking to basketball. And then you had prior to Kawhi and Paul George arriving a roster that was great in terms of depth. And now that they have arrived, I mean, they're the best role players in basketball. So I think it's going to be a great conference finals. At least I hope they play each other, but I can't see anyone unseating either. Yeah. I mean that to go off that point in terms of just like how great the competition is. That's why there's just so many, so many different teams, so many different circumstances where any, any matchup, I mean, unless like somehow the wizards and the Suns. (laughs) Make some noise. But, Watch out for the Rockets. I just want to throw that one out there, though. Oh, it's almost as if they're one of the teams I want to mention. Ooh, great minds think alike. <laughs> hey, Westbrook and Harden, who are major ball handlers, got three and a half months to take off before heading into this thing, so it could work. Yeah, I'll hop. I'll hop into. I'll hop into them actually next, and then I'll throw out my last Western Conference team. So with the Rockets, that small ball squad. Um, James Harden has lost weight. Um, so Barry McCockner on Twitter cannot make fun of him him anymore. (laughs) If you know, you know. Um, so he's moving much quicker than ever before. Uh, at least just first glance at scrimmages. He just seems a lot more just smooth with the ball. Uh, Westbrook, uh, I'm once again, Westbrook has gotten so much hate as from usual, which is ridiculous. I mean, he's having a great year. He's really something that I like a lot too, in this era of everyone's got to be able to just shoot like if you're a guard you gotta shoot like 40 percent from three or something like that he's taking less threes but he's still dominating through his aggressive slashing style i mean shooting 47 percent from the field averaging almost a triple double again with 27 and a half eight and seven which is ridiculous um and like you mentioned the star power of him and harden is something that allows him to compete with any team in the league when they're at their best i mean any any they're as good as any duo when they're when they're at their best I mean, whether it be they're super, whether they're super small ball, because I mean, it's not even, I mean, PJ Tucker, 6'5. I mean, Robert Covington, maybe at the five, what he's like 6'8, six, 6'9. Six, I mean, whether that can take them deep into the postseason is a question in terms of if you're going up against a team, like I mentioned, with the length of LA um, or the depth of the other LA with the Clippers. I mean, yeah, that'll, that'll be interesting to see, but. You know what we need to see, Andrew, is the Rockets' small ball lineup versus the lineup the Nuggets put out the other day with Nikola Jokic handling the point. Oh my gosh, man. Dude, that would be the funniest thing in the world. I mean, It would literally look like you're playing 2K and they have one of those, uh, what are those called, like the mods or whatever, where <laughs> they have like the 3'10 guys versus the 10'10 guys. Like It would look like one of those things. Dude, that's like when, uh, I think I told you I was playing Madden and I made my um that like my career in Madden and my quarterback uh, shout out Keith Weatherfields is his name and he's like a seven foot two QB. Oh my gosh, dude. He looks like one of the monsters from Space Jam. Doesn't <laughs> look like he just look like he walked. We need this. <laughs> this is something that has to happen. <laughs> um but with that actually that actually segues good into my last Western Conference team, Denver Nuggets. I have been pulling for this franchise since middle school. Shout out Andy Dietrich if you're listening. Uh, one of my best friends, him and I have been on this Nuggets. We'd like to think we started the Nuggets bandwagon in like eighth grade. It was in that like weird time where it was post, yeah, it was post mellow. 
um, and pre Jokic and all these guys. So they had there was the Andre Iguodala era, the um, Ty Lawson. Oh my god, dude, this is the North Carolina. Kenneth, Kenneth Fareed, <laughs> when he had the uh, 2013 FIBA championships, he played. I remember I was watching that. And I'm thinking, I mean, I'm 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 no uh, I'm I'm no saint. I was looking. I'm like, man, this guy this guy's got to get paid. He's gonna be great. And then he got paid, and then he wasn't great. Uh, so um within like that era where they weren't they they like weren't bad but they obviously know what nobody thought they were gonna do anything in the west so they were just at like a weird spot um but now i mean you got my man the joker nikola Jokic, who is tubby no more uh has lost oh, that dude's slimmed down him and baker mayfield must have been working out together in that no way. honestly yeah baker looks good too <laughs> we'll get into a football preview come time yeah come time if there's even a season honestly um nah, uh, that'll be a season uh they can play at bw we'll open it up but uh so Jokic, if you which is which is crazy to think he's led the nuggets in total points boards and assists over the last two years guess who the only other two people um, to like were to have done that in NBA history. Can I guess? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So it's point boards and assists. You said. Yeah. Russell Westbrook has to be one. Nope. Re- oh I'm shit! Right. Stephen Adams was on that team. Nah, he's not yeah. the one. I thought you were using the I was like, that's oh. bold. <laughs> Wilt. Yes, Wilt for Philly. Okay. okay. Is the other one an old, like really old, like well old player? No, he... no, he's he's he he's this other guy's. He's he's solid. He's good. Solid and good. Fuck, I don't know. I think you've heard of him. I just give it to me. Oh, uh, LeBron James. <laughs> I was gonna say him, and then I was like, nah, <laughs> someone had to let him. Win. I just realized too. I dropped an F bomb. I might have to bleep that out. Are we making this uh, an explicit podcast? Yeah, dude, make it explicit. People will like, listen to that more, anyways. All right. <laughs> um. Uh, no. Yeah. It was LeBron during his Miami years, which was the best version of LeBron? I will argue that against anybody. Um. Yes. Unfortunately, it's true. Yeah. So yeah, that so that that rounds out the Western Conference for me. Um. Yeah. Any last thoughts on the West, Mike? Um, I actually have, so I don't think this will make a difference in what happens. I have the Trailblazers leaping the Grizzlies and getting into the playoffs. I don't think the Lakers want to face the Trailblazers in the first round. Now, again, I think the Lakers would beat the Trailblazers, and it actually could prove to be, I suppose, a good test before they go up against better competition. But do you really want to go up against Dame Dollar and CJ McCollum in the first round? Because I love John Morant, Jaron Jackson, too, I think is promising. But these dudes have been in the postseason. We've seen what Damian yeah. Miller can do in the postseason. Western Conference Finals last year. Right. I, I could see the Trailblazers taking one or two against the Lakers because outside of LeBron and Danny Green, I mean, that team really doesn't have that much playoff experience. And I think LeBron would lead them over the Trailblazers, obviously. I actually – um, oh, so just to, to that point, I actually had um, I had them as that, that team that will get in in the West um, because having Nurkic and Collins is huge for them too. They haven't been healthy all year. And, it uh, is, and if I'm not mistaken, I think the Grizzlies play one of the harder schedules of this bubble. Yeah, the Grizzlies are getting screwed, if I'm being honest. Like, I mean, John Morant and Jaren, what they've done is just amazing in the West. Uh, but no, schedule-wise, they're getting screwed. I mean, 
I would much rather see the Pelicans get in than the Blazers personally, just because. Well, can you imagine the TV ratings with freaking Zion and LeBron oh together? God. Zion versus LeBron, uh, Drew Holiday, Brandon Ingram, uh, just so many. I mean, JJ Redick. Like the former Lakers too. Yeah, I mean that. God, that would just be a, an insane um, first round, like yeah, first round matchup. But I do, I agree with you. I do think the Blazers are going to sneak in the eighth seed. Kyle Kuzma, I'm going to say this here. You heard it here first. I think he will be traded in the offseason for a – I'm not going to say Bradley Beal. I think they'll hold on to him, but a Bradley Beal-type player. I can't think of any that come to mind, but uh, Kuzma's on the block, folks. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> NBA I, I, insider Mike Wojnarowski. My Mike Wojnarowski. <laughs> we need you. Woj is, Woj is gone, so they could take a spot. That's true. So um, <laughs> and then I do want to mention just two teams, just one out of the East, one out of the West, teams that have surprised me this year. Um, out of the East, the Toronto Raptors, I will be the first to say, man, I did not think they would do this. I, I don't think anybody, not even Toronto Raptors fans, saw this no. kind of success coming. Heavy props to them for doing this oh, series. Huge, huge props to Pascal Siakam. Um, did not think mm-hmm. he was ready, ready to take this next step. Uh, I, I mean, I still don't think he's ready to take, like, I mean, I don't think he's ready to lead a team to the finals, but. I think just they're one of the kind of reminiscent of like that Atlanta Hawks team. Um, not quite like remember that one year. I don't know if you remember where they they had like what four or five dudes make the All Star team. Um, right, and it was just it was a collection of dudes that were really good, not like great. Yeah, I mean, just like a great regular season team, which is what I view the Raptors as. Um, and I, what's crazy thing is they had a higher winning percentage than with Kawhi, close to seventy two percent, which is insane. To think about, I mean, you think you, I mean, you get rid of Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you, you would think that the guy who is the only reason you won the title, not the only reason, but obviously the your best player, and you, you would think your percentage is going to go down, but it actually went up, which I think is, a, I think that's an attest, like that attests to how much different playoff basketball is than regular season ball. But could I actually, uh, before we move forward, I just want to highlight really quick one more time. Yeah, sure. Actually, two. So one, I think. The dynamic between Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert will be interesting, not just in this playoffs, but as that franchise moves forward. Um, So look out for that. Although it sounds like they've reconciled, but I guess we'll see. Also, they are only the seventh seed and the West is loaded this year. Mm Mm-hmm. Next 10 years, man, look out for the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic, seriously, I think – Come five or six years' time, I honestly could see him being the best player in basketball. I mean, we'll see. Obviously, there's so many unknowns with that. And we'll see how other guys progress, who comes into the league since then. Um, but, man, that he's fun to watch. That team's got a solid roster, too, I would say, around him. Him yeah. and Chris Stapps, obviously. But uh, look out for the Mavs in the future. Yeah, as, as sad as it is to talk about guys like LeBron, um, I mean, we just saw now Vince Carter. Um kind of guys that have been these icons for the league for a little while that we grew up watching too yeah that we grew up watching like as sad as it is to see them go i mean god damn man i mean the league is in such good hands i mean there is just so i mean from tatum to luca if zion stays healthy i mean john morant i mean i think even if he's not the best player zion might be that next face of the league Oh, I mean, he's he's set up right now um, to do it. And, yeah, that Luca and Chris Epps dynamic duo, I mean, if they grab one more dude to be that third guy, uh, I mean, watch out Ooh, for that. Actually, hear me out on this one, because Luca kind of plays the point, even though he's more of a forward. 
put Bradley Beal on that team when he enters free agency in a couple of years. Because he did say he wants to honor that Wizards contract, so he won't demand a trade. We'll see if they decide to trade him. Um, but, dude, can you imagine a Luka, Beal, Porzingis combination? Because you have the pick and roll with Luka and Porzingis, and then Beal's obviously a great shooter in his own right. That'd be as fun as any team to watch. I mean, you have mm. – that spacing just becomes – opens up much more options for Luka and Chris Stapps down low. And, dude, I mean, we could be GMs. We easily, easily. I mean, you've seen me draft 2K teams. <laughs> I've had quite a few 2K rings. <laughs> but, uh, no, so – Kind of moving on to, uh, do you want you want to give your um, playoff predictions first? Or do you want me to go ahead? Uh, I guess I'll give them, seeing as you are the expert in basketball. Where are we starting? Are we going straight to the conference finals? Yeah, we'll just yeah we'll just we'll just knock out the conference finals and then NBA finals and um, what kind of your thoughts on those? Okay, so my conference finals here, and remember, let me grab the current standing sheet real quick. So seating is going to be important in this, right? So I actually have the 76ers leapfrogging the Pacers, um, I think especially with that Sabonis injury. Uh, the Pacers, and as great as they are and as great as their coaches, I just see them flipping there, which means in the Eastern Conference semifinals, the 76ers would play the Bucks. And I actually have the Sixers beating the Bucks in that matchup, therefore the Sixers going into the Conference Finals. And I have them playing the Raptors, and I have Philly winning because of their talent against the Raptors, who, like you said, a great regular season team, though I don't know if they can make it to the finals. But I want to go back to that Sixers and Bucks matchup real quick. I learned the other day that Chris Middleton did not pick up a basketball for three and a half months during the quarantine, and I think that's big. Now, he'll have games up until this point, and this is, the regular season for the Bucks is going to serve as them getting back in rhythm because they've all but clinched that number one seed. But I think it'll be interesting to see if he's thrown off at all and kind of behind some other guys not having touched the basketball. I think, too, because Philly's tall and Giannis has yet to develop a consistent three-point shot, though it's gotten better, I can see them disrupting him there. And Philly's starting five compared – I mean, they might be the best in the NBA. They're starting five. So I just have them beating the Bucs and then obviously beating the Raptors. Now, for the Western Conference Finals, like we had talked about, I think this could be an all-time great matchup. It would be better with fans, obviously, in, in L.A. Yeah. But I think it'll be a hell of a series between the Lakers and Clippers. I think LeBron and Kawhi are just going to go back and forth. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing them guard each other because I think inevitably that's going to be what happens, especially in late-game situations. Um, whoever wins the series, and it's a coin flip, I really think so. I think... Uh, they'll win the MVP, be it Kawhi or LeBron. And I also, I want to, or actually, you know what, I'll bring up this point whenever we get to the finals. Do you want me to give my finals first, or would you like to give your conference finals? I'll hop in with my conference finals. Um, okay. I thought, it was, so you had you had Toronto um, in the Eastern Conference Finals? Correct, and I actually had them beating, I believe, the Celtics in the semifinals. Really? Because of their experience is why. Yeah. I think maybe next year with Tatum, again, taking even another step to where I think he'd reach true superstardom, I would probably give you the Celtics. But as of now, I'm going to go with the Raptors. No, I, uh, no I, I I get that. I um, We had we had, we had, a, we had a similar, at least we had one team uh, similar. So I had Philly over Milwaukee in seven. And so I think, um, I mean, I'm putting my, I'm putting my eggs with Ben Simmons right now. Um, I, I just, I want to see him 
take that next step with that jump shot because I mean, if he does that, like I mentioned, I mean, he's what you can't even argue he's not a top 10 player and you can even make the argument as he progresses, he develops into a top five player, I, I think. But um, obviously he's a long way to go, but, and I just, I don't know why I just, obviously Milwaukee's is the obvious favorite. Yeah. They're, they're deeper than, than um, Philly. Giannis is um, probably going to win MVP. And I mean, they're, they're the obvious choice, but I don't know, something just, I feel like those Milwaukee Philly games are always close because of that length that um, Philly offers against Milwaukee. So I got them in seven. Although watch out for the Celtics though, too. Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, Jason Tatum is playing as good as anybody in the whole, in the whole league. I mean, averaging close to 31 uh, before the quarantine. So he's, he's also put on some muscle too, just watching some of the scrimmages. So he's picking up where he left off. What'd you say? On that Celtics point too, actually, this just came to mind too. I bet you Gordon Hayward is healthier than he's been since he broke his leg. Yeah. Remember what he was in Utah, and I don't know if he'll ever go back to being that player, especially because the Celtics have more guys that can score than that Utah team, so less touches. But if he's even 80 or 90% of that man paired with Tatum and Brown and Kemba, shoot, the Celtics might be dangerous. I'm not going to change my picks because ride and die with Philly this year. But uh, it'll be interesting to watch. No, Mark is smart off the bench too. And the one thing I'll say with Boston is – I mean, I want to. I love watching Jason Tatum as much as anybody. I mean, I've been a fan of his since he was at Chaminade Prep School um, in high school, and so I he's someone who I always thought would develop to something like this, and I I love watching him. The only thing that's going to be hard for me is, as a huge fan of Kyrie Irving, I mean, as as if the media doesn't unnecessarily attack him enough. If Boston has any kind of success, you already know the whole thing. The whole like narrative is going to be turned on Kyrie, and which as a fan of his is going to be kind of hard to see i think they're going to i mean i think there's going to be too much focus on that as opposed to more focus on the development of tatum and uh i i think personally the that brad stevens and gordon hayward dynamic that doesn't get talked about enough in terms of what went wrong with that Kyrie celtics team um that's just not really there as much as it was um the last yet last year because with the development of Tatum and Brown, you can't be hiding those guys as much and giving some of their minutes to Hayward. So just a quick point I want to throw out there. Um, Western Conference Finals, I'm sticking with um, – these are actually – my preseason predictions didn't change at all for my um, postseason. So Western Conference Finals, um, L.A. over Houston, the Lakers over Houston. Um, I'm riding with Westbrook and Harden. Uh, is it more likely that the Clippers meet them? realistically probably um but i'm just riding with westbrook and harden i'm hoping they get hot um contrary to popular belief i just i just want to see them just make some noise um and then nba finals we got the lakers over the sixers and six mvp anthony davis and uh yeah lebron's legacy gets boosted some more well, yeah, actually, so we have the same. I have the Lakers over Sixers and five. Oh. Throwback to 2001, anyone? Uh-huh. Oh, my Lord, man. AI. That's the one. That's the only loss uh, that Lakers team had in the postseason. AI dropped but, uh, 47. Yeah. And that team had no business being there. I mean, geez. But I, I do have a couple questions I want to throw at you real quick because I was thinking about this. <clears throat> so... If LeBron wins the finals with this Lakers team, is he the greatest of all time? And I also want to mention this too. I was thinking about it. I think if LeBron makes the finals, 
this is the third worst team that he's taken to the finals behind the two Cavs teams, the one in um, 07, 08, and then the one his last year in Cleveland. I think this is his third worst team he takes to the finals. Because, I mean, let's be honest about this. Without LeBron there, they have no business being anywhere near the finals, in my opinion, at least. So, hmm. is he the GOAT? Uh, when talking about the GOAT, um, as like a – but as just a huge basketball like fanatic, especially with like the history of the game too. I mean, I I like giving goat titles to eras personally. Um, but I don't know. I mean, you can. I mean, people can make the argument in terms of as an individual player, LeBron over Jordan. Now, um, just the titles are what ride with Jordan. But if you're going to go with the title argument, then I mean, Bill Russell's the goat, obviously. But uh, I don't know what that. I think you would need to have him win two more. I think one this year and maybe one next year, um, because I don't. I think two more years from now, I don't. I don't think he's gonna. I think just physically stuff might catch up with him. But I think to really make the argument, because um, people are gonna throw out the oh, like it's the coronavirus. Uh, it was like a asterisk season stuff like that, which it's I disagree with. Harder, in my opinion, yeah, I think yeah, it's. I think <laughs> it's harder. But that's what that's what the narratives are going to be. But I mean, I think it certainly helps this case. Obviously, um, I don't know. I think I think it'll also stem down to how those games play out and his 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 impact. And say they make it to the finals, um, is he sh- shouldering most of the load to AD? Because like in my finals MVP is Anthony Davis. Um, obviously, like LeBron's the reason they're there. But I don't know. I think it'll be because you have Jordan like. Uh, what six chips, six finals MVPs? I mean, that's the he was the best of the best, like all those years and stuff. So I don't know. I think that'll be maybe we'll talk about that after the finals on our episode. So hopefully, we'll see. about eras too. I think it's important that I think in any sport when you're talking about the greatest of all time, like the way the game is played, obviously shifts. I mean, I know obviously the three ball is more prevalent now than ever, but even if you're talking about like Bill Russell's Kareem's days. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, like, I mean, your game plan was mostly feeding the center inside. I mean, even with football, like, people are saying Brady is the greatest of all time. I mean, you can make a legitimate case for Jim Brown because when he played, running the ball was what you did to win. Yeah. So I, th- I think your argument with the arrows is interesting. I just wonder if LeBron does win, though. I mean, just for the MJ fans, how can you not at least entertain the thought if you are truly trying to discuss the greatest of all time? Yeah. I mean, I just think the, I mean, because you just look at the teams, like you mentioned it briefly, the teams that he's led. And I mean, you will not be able to deny um, how, how many, I mean, how many times he made the finals consecutively. And I mean, with the year off, uh, with his injury last year, I mean, you can't deny that kind of greatness. Because that, uh, that is part of what irritates me with the argument, too, is I feel like people take context out of it. Well, yeah, MJ went 6-0, and but all six times, I'm going to argue he had the better team. I, and yeah. as much crap as Jerry Krause has gotten, especially since that documentary, he put a solid team around Jordan. That 07 team with the Cavs had no business whatsoever going to the final. Oh, I mean, you look at the just the 07 team and – more specifically, I mean his uh, his last year in Cleveland. I mean, you look look at to just simply just look at the um, promo photos. I mean, you, if you have Tristan Thompson, 
who ever since getting paid $90 million has literally not evolved his game one bit. Um, if you have him as like your number two dude, uh, I mean, obviously along with K love, but like, if you like on just the, on like the NBA finals poster, and then, right. and then you look at the other, you look at who you're playing against and it's Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant. I well, mean, that's the thing. LeBron's opponents in the finals too are better. I mean, and even that San Antonio team when we got swept, I mean, that's a dynasty right there. That with the with that pop dynasty and I don't know. I mean, Might I, I I would argue for LeBron, um, especially if he wins this year as the goat. Um, in ter- in terms of obviously it's him versus Jordan. I would argue for him. Uh, but there's probably some Cleveland bias in that, and I just love what he does outside of basketball too. But no, it'll Might be. I, might I add this too? And I know this isn't really relevant to the point, but because we are talking, I think context affects his arguments, even though people just go by the numbers. Mm-hmm. I feel like Kawhi Leonard has gotten a lot of crap for his title in Toronto. And I feel like Toronto has too, because even though they won, I would argue by many, they weren't respected as champions because you had the Katie Achilles injury and then Clay Thompson going down with the ACL. And I thought it was funny because even during the finals, like that was the narrative the whole time after they won. That's been the narrative by the majority of sports media. Where the hell was that in 2015? Um, <laughs> whenever freaking Kevin Love went down in the first round, not just yeah. the finals. So they got to the finals without Kevin Love. And then you had Kyrie Irving that went down in the first game of the finals. And Matthew Delvadova holds Steph Curry silent throughout the whole finals because let's remember this too. The uh, Warriors won in six, and they should have swept that series or at most five games. Steph Curry was not relevant for five out of six of those games. I think he had one, and it might have been game five where he did well. Again, that was at home in Golden State. But literally, because I remember watching those finals, um, I was more fearful of Klay Thompson because he was the one that seemingly always always buried us. But I just think... It irritates me the way that uh, sports media will cater towards certain teams. And listen, throughout those four years, aside from the first one, I would argue the Warriors probably did have the better team. Um, Definitely the last two with KD. That just wasn't fair. I don't care who else you're putting in the finals. Um, But it irritates me how much, one, Toronto should be respected as champions. Injuries are a part of the sport. What happened, happened. But two, if you're going to disrespect them, and emphasize how great the Warriors were and how much better of a dynasty they could have been. Remember the fact that they should have lost that first series to Cleveland. Just want to throw that out there. And I know it's not relevant to anything we're talking about now, but that's always irritated me, the way that the media caters to them whenever their players get injured. But when the Cavs have Delvadova, Tristan Thompson, Timothy Mozgov, and J.R. Smith as their starting lineup, come on. Yeah, I mean, to that point, especially with that 2015 Warriors team, I mean, yeah, you didn't, when Kelly Olenek ripped out Kevin Love's arm and then Kyrie hyperextended his knee in game one of the finals, I mean, there's no energy for, like, yeah, like you mentioned, where's the energy for that, um, for that Warriors team? And I think, well, I think that's just a, that's attested to the standard LeBron has held at, um, which is completely different than every other player. Um, And also, where was the energy where, and this is something that I know I mentioned to you a couple of times and um, my brother and my dad could attest to this is throughout that Warriors postseason run, I was watching, I watch all the games and I'm thinking, I'm like, dude, I'm like, where the hell's like Mike Conley? Where's Tony Allen? Uh, that was I mean, obviously that great Brian Grizzlies. Where's Pat Beverly? Where's Chris Paul? All these guards are getting hurt. And I'm like, 
this is insane. I'm like, I mean, because I mean, it's enough that um, Curry, like Curry is already used as a shield on, I mean, they hide him on defense. And right. now you've got, and you can't make this up. Like this, ESPN later posted a graphic, but I remember thinking, I'm like, every single lead guard for the team they went up against got hurt. Um, and well, and let's not forget too, a couple of years later, Chris Paul doesn't go down. He was the best player in that series on both teams. The oh, Rockets win that series. Yeah, and that completely—I mean—that completely shapes, reshapes. Um, I would say Chris Paul's legacy because, uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they beat. Maybe they beat us in the finals. So, I don't know. But no, that's a good. That's. I'm glad he brought that up because that's something that doesn't get talked about enough. Um, but yes, yep. to kind of close out though, uh, we're gonna give our just award predictions. So we'll hit Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year. Defensive Player of the Year, Most Improved Player, Six Man, and MVP. So we'll just go back and forth. So um, I'm sure we both have the same Rookie of the Year. It's hard to argue against John Morant. Um, people can try to argue for Zion, but I just won't hear it. <laughs> I mean, honest. I mean, I love Zion, but what John, what he's done for Memphis in the Western Conference is incredible. He's he's just he's insane. So who, who do you do you have Jaw to? Or I mean, I I think he should, and I think he will. Yeah, he, he there definitely. will be a few media members that are like, well, Zion, and I don't get me wrong, I'm not discrediting the dude. He scored like 20 something and had eight rebounds, and that's that's ridiculous, especially considering he missed a few months of the season. But John Morant elevating that Memphis Grizzlies team to a place no one saw them going and just consistently performing the whole year, you, you have to give it to him. Oh, for sure. I mean, and also, I mean, shout out Zion too, because for a player like that to have these crazy expectations and actually live up to them, and I would even argue he surpassed them in the time he played, averaging close to like 25 and, uh, I don't know, 25 and like eight or, or 25 and seven or something like that, is is amazing for a kid that is, I'm barely younger than, and that's only because I'm young for my grade. <laughs> but... Um, yeah. Coach of the year, uh, I had I had Nick Nurse for the Toronto Raptors. As I mentioned, I mean nobody mm-hmm. saw the Raptors doing this. Um, not even Nick Nurse. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, what what about you? I um I think Nick Nurse is a good pick. One that's interesting to me, and I would have said the same thing last year as well. Is uh, tell me if I got his name wrong, but Nate McMullen for the Indiana Pacers. Oh, yeah, Nate McMullen. Um, he's just Nick underrated, Nurse. I think, in the general scope of coaching i mean what he's done while victor oladipo was sidelined for the better part of a year and a half is unbelievable and the fact that they are up to a five seed right now as the standings are um i think that's unbelievable i think another one i want to shout out to is eric spolstra i think he deserves consideration every year because every year he heads into the season i look at that heat roster and i like they're not gonna do shit and every year they do it Right, and especially this year, getting Jimmy Butler, they're now a top four seed in the playoffs as it stands. So yeah, um, I, both of them I think there, deserve consideration. Even like Mike Malone for Denver too. I mean, that's a model yeah. you can see the last couple of years. He was actually my preseason pick. Um, yeah, so the only actually all out of all these, the only preseason pick I feel like I felt like I stuck with was John Morant. Um, but I digress. So uh, defensive player of the year, I went with Anthony Davis. Um, there's the argument for Giannis, um, and you could definitely make that argument, but I will not do that uh, because I think just look at it. I mean, yeah, Giannis had a higher defensive uh, box plus minus, um, but AD still posted the highest of his career at 2.8. Um, block percentage of a 6.2, which is nearly double that of Giannis. Um, and then to get to more kind of general stats, he averaged 
2.4 blocks per game, which was third in the league. Giannis, to Giannis is one block per game, which is still good, but I mean, obviously not 2.4. And then AD, I found this kind of interesting. I was um, I was on Basketball Reference and I actually looked at this. Was uh, he was in the 77th percentile with uh, 0.93 points per possession allowed around the rim, which I think is a really interesting stat because it kind of just attests to more of his presence as a whole. I feel like on the defensive end. Um, most improved player, I rolled with uh, Bam Adebayo. Uh, you could easily give this to Brandon Ingram. Um, you can even make the argument for Jason Tatum or Luca. But I went I with Bam. Pascal uh, Siakam would be another two. See how he'd be? Yeah, he would definitely. See, he was. Uh, um, yeah, he. Yeah, yeah. You can. Yeah, you could argue for that too, just because of that surprise and the as as a whole with the Raptors. But I went with Bam. He improved his points per game by seven, which is ridiculous. Uh, he also his minutes went up from like I want to say nineteen to like thirty four a game, uh, and it was just an absolute anchor for the Miami team, which is a top four seed in the East. Um, and he also averaged ten and a half boards a game, so with that double double average, which is that just is insane in terms of his improvement. Um, sixth man of the year, Dennis Schroeder. Uh, shout out Dennis, uh, 19 and four off the bench. Uh, this will be an interesting award because you got Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell that, um, are going to get some votes too, but he shot a best, his best field goal percentage of his career, 46.8. Um, he was always cool to watch in those Atlanta teams too. So to see him kind of be a big part of that, this Thunders team success, which was a huge, a huge surprise. Um, I thought was pretty sweet. And, uh, my MVP is... This one was hard for me because I was originally on the LeBron for MVP train. And then I looked into more specifically what Giannis has done this year. And I'm going to go with Giannis. 30-14-6. Uh, and six, and he's somehow better than he was last year after winning the MVP. Shot 55% from the field. Um, I mean, he's doing stuff we haven't seen in terms of like statistically since like Shaq. Um, which is just insane. Also, it seems like a pretty cool dude. Um, Played five less minutes a game than LeBron and still posted those. Uh, I think Bron means more to his team out West than Giannis does to the Bucks. if I'm being honest. Uh, and I do think if Bron did this last year in terms of leading the league in assists uh, at what age, like 35 or something, uh, I think he would have been MVP, but Giannis just went off the rails this year statistically. Yeah, I think Giannis will end up getting it. Um, I don't think it will be close, actually. I think you can make a case for both. I guess the argument, too, with LeBron is you could say he added AD, whereas Giannis had mostly the same team and lost Malcolm Brogdon. I was initially on the LeBron one as well. I guess I'm kind of leaning towards Giannis. I guess it just depends. Like I think the NBA needs the most valuable player award, which LeBron would win every year, and then, yeah. like, the best individual season award. Because oh, I think there is a difference. But uh, it doesn't matter. LeBron's going to win finals MVP anyway. So. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully him or – he'll definitely I, – I, I think he'll win that final. We'll see him and him and AD, hopefully. Um, maybe. Maybe Alex Caruso. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll see. Uh, Deion Waiters will take, uh, take an edible or something before the game and just play out of his mind. <laughs> Oh gosh! This world. Oh Lord! But uh, no. With that though, that's our uh, return of the NBA preview for you. Uh, thanks so much for listening. As always, feel free to DM us or tweet at us uh, at off the wall underscore bw at Insta and Twitter. 
Um, hey, if you have our numbers, text us. You have our emails at bw.edu. <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> Send us an email. Um, but no, thanks for listening and basketball is back.